And of course, thank you so much for watching and tuning in on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform. Now let's dive into today's first topic. Three of the best things that Texas Rangers manager Bruce Bochy said at the MLB Winter Meetings. Texas Rangers manager Bruce Bochy held court last Tuesday at the Winter Meetings. That was the day that he was slotted to have his press conference for all the media outlets that were in attendance in Nashville. As usual, Bochy was his typical reflective self, giving credit for the Rangers' success to those around him. Specifically, his players, coaching staff, and the front office received much praise from the humble Bochy. The winter meetings were a home game of sorts for Bochy, as he lives just south of Nashville. He and his wife Kim relocated there after he retired from the San Francisco Giants. Instead of having to stay at the massive Gaylord Resort and Convention Center, Bochy was able to sleep in his own bed each night and just come in for scheduled meetings and other obligations. One of the interesting topics that Bochy discussed was the DH situation in Texas and what that might look like this season. He indicated that if a player is on the roster that fits the prototypical DH of all-hitter and no-fielder makeup, then that is fine. Bochy used the example of David Ortiz. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you have him on your roster, you simply plug him into the lineup each and every day. But Bochi also talked about the idea of having a rotating DH and using the position to give his players a break from playing the field from time to time. With Garber, who's now a free agent, being hurt for much of the first part of the season, that is the way that the position was handled for a large part of the last season. It makes it much easier to be able to rotate the DH role when all the other position players are firmly in place heading into next season. Humans like new shiny things, and Evan Carter is just that for the Texas Rangers. Despite having the runner-up and third-place players in the American League MVP race this season, and Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon respectively, Bochy got zero questions about them. However, he did feel numerous questions about Carter. There were questions all the way from how important this offseason is going to be for Carter to where Bochy sees him hitting in the lineup next season. I found it funny to be talking about lineup construction in December, but I get it. That is always a topic of conversation, and when the roster is pretty much intact, that is going to be something to talk about, even more so. When asked about where he saw Carter hitting, Bochy responded, saying, I don't know where you couldn't hit him. We hit him ninth, and that was nice how he turned over the lineup and got it got to the top of the order. A guy like that with his discipline and his ability to get the barrel on the ball and hit the way he does, if it's anywhere in your lineup, he can adjust to the pitcher that you are facing that day. Bochy was asked about hitting him in the leadoff spot, but and he said that currently that wasn't an option, even though he could probably handle it. It's a nice problem to have to try and figure out the best batting order for all of your quality hitters. That is why or that is that is was the Rangers and Bochi is going to be doing this next season. Bochi has shown that he is okay moving people around. As they become hot or cold, and there is little doubt that he will put the team in the best possible situation to succeed. Part of that includes Evan Carter and how he handles him in his rookie season. And the third question, will the extra work in the playoffs have an impact on the Rangers pitching moving forward? very real thing that Bochy was asked a few questions about in Nashville was how the Rangers would monitor and handle the pitching staff. Coming off a World Series championship that saw the team play an extra month of highly competitive baseball. When asked specifically if the extra workload of the playoffs has an impact on the pitchers, Bochy had an interesting response. I don't think as much as people think. 
I don't. Today's game is a little bit different. My previous experience, those guys were logging over 200 innings. I didn't have anybody really come close to that, but dang, so a little bit different. There was a follow-up question about, about if he thought all the extra postseason innings in San Francisco was part of the reason that Tim Linekum, Madison Bumgarner, and Matt Cain had shortened careers. Ochi's answer was fantastic, as he indicated that all three of those guys had wonderful careers. He also talked about how it is hard to know and impossible to measure if there was anything to that or not. Ochi also talked about the importance and balance of taking care of pitchers when they come back for spring training, but also having them ready to go when the season starts. His best way to help the pitchers, he said, to manage their workload through the season. To know when to leave someone in longer during the regular season, and to understand when to get them out and give them a break. There is a certain feathering of the gas pedal, so to speak, that goes into handling a pitching staff, and Bochi is one of the greatest to ever do it. In just two and a half months, the Texas Rangers will be reporting to spring training. When they do, Bochi will have a plan to maximize the abilities of each player into getting the greatest output for the team. Bochi knows baseball, and he knows people. He has consistently said that he is blessed to have this opportunity, and I appreciate his humbleness. It is also apparent that as Ranger fans, we are blessed to have a living legend manage our team. Let us know your thoughts on the winter meetings in the comment section below. And now on to our next topic. Texas potentially lands a valuable bullpen arm in the Rule 5 draft. The winter meetings ended last Wednesday, and executives left with an uneventful week. The biggest news was the fact that there was no big news to report. Shohei Otani was a free agent until now. Uh, the Juan Soto trade happened after everyone left the country music capital. The World Series champion Texas Rangers did not go home empty-handed. They did sign a right-handed reliever, Kirby Yates. The more intriguing pickup was who they drafted in Rule 5. The Rule 5 draft take place, takes place at the end of the winter meetings every year. It is a chance for teams to pick players who or, organizations have chosen not to protect. These are players who have been in the organization for at least three seasons. If they are from college or four seasons, if they were drafted in high school or an international signing. Texas in this draft did, did lose Justin Slayton, who was drafted by the Mets. He was then traded to the Red Sox. Texas then followed up that loss by picking up right-handed reliever Carson Coleman. Coleman was drafted by Texas out of the New York Yankees organizations. The Yankees left Coleman unprotected as he is still recovering from Tommy John surgery that he underwent back in April 2023. He was one of the Yankees' top relief pitching prospects before the surgery in 2022. He had a fantastic season, 213 ERA in 63 and one-third innings, 19 saves and 21 opportunities, and held batters to a 170 batting average. He also throws a slider and a changeup that he has been working to improve on. He throws from a 3-4 arm slot, giving the ball the appearance of rising the strike zone. He's trained with L.A. Dodgers pitcher Walker Bueller in the past. He's a high-character guy who is very involved with charity work. Coleman will likely come to camp and still be rehabbing his surgically repaired elbow. Coleman, as a Rule 5 draftee, has to spend at least 90 days on the Major League roster for Texas to retain his rights past 2024. Texas can stash Coleman on the 60-day IL to start the season. He can go on a 30-day rehab assignment by June. Then Texas can bring him up by July 1st, and if he stays on the roster for the rest of the season, Texas will hold on to his rights for at least the next five seasons. 
Texas made a short-term play in signing Kirby Yates for one season and a long-term play in drafting Carson Coleman. In a week when little to no moves were being made, Texas might have made two moves that will significantly help this franchise be able to repeat as World Series champions in 2024. And now on to our next topic. Financial uncertainty is casting a shadow over the Texas Rangers offseason. As the fans are still reveling over the World Series championship, the realities of the Texas Ranger financial situation are dampening the fans' enthusiasm for the upcoming season. November 1st will always be a happy day for the rest of my life. It was the day the Texas Rangers won their first World Series. It was a day of jubilation followed by a parade of joy. It was the culmination of 52 years in Arlington that finally paid off in a World Series championship. The calendar has now turned to December, and pitchers and catchers will report in slightly less than 70 days from now. Texas is slowly putting together a roster for the upcoming seasons. They have made one major signing, agreeing to a contract with Kirby Yates for one year and $4.5 million. That has been it so far as for movement. Texas, instead of building onto their roster and solidifying their hold on the AL, is taking a wait-and-see approach to free agency and trades. The Yankees have already traded for Juan Soto, and the Dodgers have already signed Otani. Texas, meanwhile, is sitting around waiting for the market to start moving. Why is Texas not being more aggressive? Texas, according to sources, is looking at two paths this winter. Texas is talking with Clint Kershaw about staying home next season and pitching for Texas. We're looking at second-tier free agent starters like Sean Manahe, Frankie Montes, or Michael Watson. Rosenthal mentions that Texas is likely out on Jordan Montgomery due to financial uncertainty caused by the potential loss of the media rights deal with Bali Sports. I want to react to that supposed financial uncertainty and what it likely means for the construction of the 2024 roster. So is Texas as poor as they are making it seem? We've already discussed this twice before on the podcast. Texas is potentially losing $111 million in revenue for the 2024 season. Chris Young said this week that they would have enough money to go sign Otani if needed. But obviously that's not going to happen. That felt more like a message he wanted out there to potential free agents than actual reality. The old saying is, do not listen to what someone says, watch what they do. If you listen to what the front office has been saying, it would be inferred that the Texas that Texas would be in on several high-priced free agents. If you watch what they have done, though, it tells a completely different story. They were out on Otani very early. They have not even been mentioned as an option for Japanese pitcher Yamamoto. They seem to be out on bringing back Jordan Montgomery. It seems like the common denominator between all three of these cases is money. Chris Young says that they have enough money and ownership is providing the resources necessary, but his actions are telling a much different story. The good news is that Texas is not to the point where they are trading away players to compensate for the the lowered revenue. The Padres' main reason for trading away Juan Soto this week was they did not want to have to pay exorbitant amounts he would likely get in arbitration this winter. San Diego was dropped by Bali Sports last season and has seen their revenue decrease as a result of that. Texas is not to that point of trading players, but they are not as active as fans would like as they start the defense of the World Series championship. So what is next for Texas heading into the 2024 season?
that Texas is going to be involved with any high-priced free agents this winter. That means not only letting Jordan Montgomery go, but also not getting involved with Josh Hader either. It likely means letting Mitch Garber walk. I would say anyone wanting to make over $10 million next season is probably not someone Texas is going to try and sign. Kent Rosenthal mentioned in his piece about signing pitchers like Frankie, Sean, or Michael. Each of these pitchers will likely sign for less than $10 million. Michael made uh, $7.5 million last season. Uh, Sean made right around $10 million his last year of arbitration. And Frankie made $7.5 million. Uh, uh, Frankie missed almost all of the 2023 season. Manea spent most of the season in the bullpen, and Wacha only made 24 starts and barely pitched over 100 innings in 2023. Texas could sign each of them for likely less than $10 million. The other pitcher Texas could sign is Glenn Kershaw. He's been the white whale that they have been chasing for the last three offseasons. Each time Kershaw entertains their offer and then chooses to return to the Dodgers, his priority has been winning, and the Dodgers gave him a better shot to win. That is no longer the case as Texas is coming off winning a World Series and the Dodgers are the ones facing questions. Kershaw himself is facing questions as he had shoulder surgery soon after the Dodgers season ended. He will not be ready to pitch on opening day if he can pitch at all in 2024. Texas is already not going to have Jacob deGrom till July or August. They could sign Kershaw and work on his recovery and install both him and deGrom by August in the rotation have two fresh arms for the stretch run. Kershaw, who made $20 million in 2023, would likely sign for much less since he's not going to pitch a full season. Texas might be able to get him for $10 million with certain incentives, but in increase that final total. This is all speculation as no one knows if he is willing to leave the only organization he has played for. The question for Kershaw will be, does he trust his recovery process to a new team of doctors, or does he want to fall back on the ones he already knows and who knows him? I think it is clear, though, from everything that is going, getting out for the Texas front office that they want to tamp down expectations for fans about how active they are going to be. They are defending World Series champions, but they are going to be cautious about how they spend their money this offseason. They still are going to put together a roster that can repeat, but they're not going to be spending as much money as they have the last two offseasons. If you had dreams like me about a Shohei Otani DH, Josh Hader closing, and Jordan Montgomery coming back then it's time to send those dreams back into the fantasy world. Just remember that in less than 70 days, this team that Chris Young has assembled will emerge from the shadows and onto the practice fields and surprise Arizona. They will be there to start the def defense of the team's first World Series championship. And, of course, wrapping up this episode with some... Disappointing news, the Texas Rangers have bid farewell to Austin Hedges and Will Smith, as the pair have signed elsewhere. One of the unique aspects of an MLB team is that they are never exactly the same from year to year. Even in the case of the Rangers, who have most of their players returning for the next season, there are still some guys that will be in different uniforms come next season. Some of that transition has already begun as both backup catchers and head cheerleader Austin Hedges and relief pitcher Will Smith have signed with new teams. Edges, who joined the Rangers in the middle of the season via a trade with the Pirates, will be taking his defensive skill set and infectious smile to Cleveland to help out the Guardians. Chris Young traded for Hedges when Jonah Heim got hurt, and it was unclear how long the injury would keep him out of the lineup. 
Even though Hedges didn't see the playing field that often for the Rangers, he was a clear fan favorite and an exceptional te teammate in his short time in Arlington. It is clear that Hedges enjoys what he does and loves the game of baseball. He'll be returning to Cleveland, where he played a portion of the 2020 season and all of 2021 and 2022. The Texas Rangers would not be World Series champions without Will Smith. That isn't just because all he has done over the last three seasons is win titles. Smith has been on the last three World Series teams, Braves, Astros, and now Rangers. Reality is, the Rangers would not have made the playoffs without him this season, much less win at all. When the Rangers' pen was struggling to close out games, Smith stepped up and handled high-leverage situations very well for the club throughout a large part of the season. He wasn't perfect and had his own issues as well, but he was better than he wasn't and helped lead the Rangers to the postseason. Smith will be taking his veteran left arm to Kansas City to pitch for the Royals on a one-year, $5 million contract. Both Hedges and Smith were good players and great teammates that helped the Rangers get to the promised land. They will both hold a special place in Ranger fans' hearts, as well as all of the, the 2023 roster. Tip of the hat to two of the good guys of the game. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. If you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash ttrangers. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, be able to pay them, and one day take this show on the road. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, and find us on all major podcast platforms, including Good Pods. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. Hello.